Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now to talk a little college football is Brad Powers of the Bet the Board podcast and Covers.com. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. Let's talk about the Heisman. Currently, Michael Penix Jr. is the favorite at minus 145 for BetMGM. In second position is a tie between J.J. McCarthy and Dylan Gabriel. Any bets there you like, or do you want to go further down the board? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that Penix deserves to be a minus favorite. Uh, I think that's a little pricey, so definitely not at the top of the board. He deserves to be the favorite. I just, I'm just, i not sure that he deserves to be that big of a favorite at this point. Uh, no, I think they're appropriately priced, at least at the top three. Those would be my top three at this point. Uh, you know, that J.J. McCarthy's intriguing, but uh, won't put up the stats, but he'll have the big high-profile games uh, down the stretch against Penn State and Ohio State. Um, you know, Dylan Gabriel will have the stats, but I'm not sure he's going to have the high-profile games if you look at Oklahoma's schedule. I think Michael Penix, when you look at he's going to put up stats, he's going to have some still big games left on the board here, uh, including, you know, the, a game against USC that where him and Caleb Williams will go back and forth. Uh, I, I think he deserves to be the favorite, but I'm not running delay minus 140, I can tell you that. No. No, 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 no. Uh, we, you know, just to quickly follow up on the Heisman, we were just talking, having that Ohio State conversation and how if you're going to bet on an Ohio State player, you better do it now if you think they're going to win uh, this weekend. And, and we'll get to that. But, you know, we were talking about McCord and if he truly has a chance at a number of 50 to 1. But also anybody with the brain understands the best offensive player on that team is not playing quarterback. He's playing wide receiver. And in the rain over the weekend, he's still putting up big numbers. His name's Marvin Harrison Jr., probably going to be the first non-QB drafted. He's 80 to 1. Um, if Ohio State's going to make the playoff, let's let's throw that out there for the purpose of this conversation. If they're going to make the playoff and someone's going to be in contention, do you think it's more likely to be McCord or Harrison? I would say more likely Harrison. I mean, you see what the, anytime they give him the football and give him some extra touches on the offense, you see what it does for the offense. So he would clearly be the guy, even though it's a quarterback award. I just think he's such a dominant player at his position that he would be the most likely candidate. But I'm here to tell you, I know for the, the, the contents of this conversation, the Ohio State's going to make the playoffs. I'm here to tell you they're not making the playoffs because they're not going up to Ann Arbor, Michigan and beating the Wolverines. I can tell you that. Love it. Well, speaking of Ohio State, hosting Penn State in a big battle this weekend between two unbeaten Big Ten programs. This spread at four and a half, total 46 and a half. Anything interest you here, Brad? I'm more on the under. I was a little surprised it ticked up a little bit this morning at 47 and a half. I'm still, I like the under in this one. Obviously, we have two defenses here, number one and number two in yards for play allowed. We have two offenses that have struggled, especially Penn State pushing the ball down the field. And then I look at their high-profile games that these two teams have had so far this year. I mean, obviously, Ohio State against Notre Dame, uh, total score on that one, 31 points. I know Penn State really hasn't played anybody. Best team they played is Iowa, and Iowa's offense is, you know, pathetic. But still a total score in that game of 31 total points. So, I mean, to me, this just screams 20-17-ish. to 17-ish, So I'm going to go under 47.5 in this game. What sounds better than some Tuesday night college football? We've got Middle Tennessee State against Liberty, Southern Miss against South Alabama, Western Kentucky against Jacksonville State. Anything stand out with any of these games? No, nothing that's best bet material. 
If I had to make one bet tonight, uh, it'd probably be Jacksonville State. You can get fine as high as eight at home. Uh, I'm not buying West Kentucky. In fact, I mean, I like to compare spreads and see if you're paying premiums. Liberty, in my opinion, a better team than West Kentucky, was laying a lesser number against Jacksonville State one week ago today. So did, did I downgrade Jacksonville State significantly in my power ranks for losing to Liberty? I don't know. That's a pretty tight game until Liberty had a big, long drive in the second half to kind of put that game away. So, um, no, I comparing point spreads this time of year because, I mean, that's all you can do with data points. Uh, some slight value tonight on uh, the fighting rich rods here, plus eight. There you go. Uh, back to Saturday. Let's talk about this USC-Utah matchup. I don't know that anybody saw the Irish just completely dismantling Caleb Williams and the Trojans on Saturday night. So now they're going back home. You, you would think it's going to be a bounce-back spot for them. They are a seven-point favorite at a lot of spots. Some spots have it six and a half. Uh, the Trojans favored by seven against the Utes, total of 56. Yeah, I mean – yeah, no, I, I'm not sure that you could paint a picture. Obviously, Notre Dame was favored for a reason. Uh, but I think that the pathway to Notre Dame was having success against USC's defense. It wasn't necessarily shutting down Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams throwing three picks, having by far the worst game of his career. Uh, that, that I don't think anyone really saw in that. Uh, you mentioned the price. Yeah, it, it's, it's, the, it's definitely priced into this line that USC is due for a bounce-back performance with them favored now by seven. Line opened as low as four. Guys like myself are part of the USC money train early in the week here because we, we do have confidence that Caleb Williams will bounce back. Now, the rest of the team uh, leaves a little bit to be desired, although I did see some things defensively that they did have some success against Notre Dame. Zachariah Branch getting him back in the fold. He had the big punt return late in the second half. But I also thought that was, look, Notre Dame deserved to win. Notre Dame deserved to cover. Funny data point, though. Whenever you got a team that's plus five in turnovers, has a kick return touchdown, I'm not sure that USC was four touchdowns worse than Notre Dame in that game. So that's given a little bit of value there. And then Utah, Utah is going to beat up USC at a little bit at the line of scrimmage. But, man, I, I, I don't think Utah has a quarterback or an offense that can fully take advantage and expose USC's defense. So, for me, SC's the play. You mentioned best bet material. What do you like that's still available I'm looking forward to your best bets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like quite a bit, uh, as usual. It's tough for always me to, to narrow it down, but I, I'll give you a few that I'm looking at. I'm not, I don't think Riley Leonard's going to play for Duke, so I think that that line there of Florida State favored by 14 is a little short if Riley Leonard's not playing for the Blue, uh, Blue Duke, but, uh, the Duke Blue Devils. Easy for me to say. Florida State minus 14 there. I'll give you another one. I think the market probably overreacted to Tyler Van Dyke, you know, oh, is he injured? He's not going to play. Uh, yesterday, that the news about him, he had like a, a sling uh, on one of his legs and he was limping a little bit. I'm not sure that the market should have blew through three there so easily. You can find as high as four. I think Miami will play with the backs against the wall at home as a home underdog against a Clemson team. I'm just not buying Miami plus three and a half plus four in that one. Another high-profile game I want to ask you about. Tennessee and Alabama tides at home, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 49. We all remember that instant classic uh, between these two uh, last year. But I do wonder, has Tennessee taken several steps back offensively? You know, that A&M game was a little odd. Uh, and has Alabama taken several steps forward with Jalen Milrow at quarterback? 
Uh, you know, kind of depends on the quarter. Uh, well, with Jalen Milrow, one, you know, one hand he looks good. I mean, first half last week looked good, and then second half happened, um, and they almost blew a big lead against Arkansas. Just not is not there from a consistency aspect. You can certainly say that for Joe Milton. I mean, that offense did not look good whatsoever. Uh, but last week, I'm not sure it's going to look good this week. I'm not sure that there's a great value pick as far as the side goes at eight and a half. I like the under. I, I am a believer in Tennessee's defense this year. That is much improved compared to what it was last year. And obviously, they've had to lean on the defense more this year. Alabama's defense has started. I mean, it go, you can go all the way back to the uh, Ole Miss and South Florida games to see them really kick it up a notch there. Uh, so, for me, under 49, you can find as high as 49.5 in the market. Uh, Brad, when we look at the title odds, we were trending this way, but now we're here at some spots. Georgia is now a co-favorite. Uh, with Michigan, and, and you made the statement earlier in our conversation that, look, Ohio State, that last game of the year, they don't have a, sh- a chance. They don't have a chance against Michigan. Uh, why are you so confident in uh, this version of the Wolverines since uh, they, they haven't been challenged yet? Well, it's a good point as far as the schedule. I mean, they played a, a relatively light schedule. But, you, I mean, once the schedule's made, you can't control who you play. You can only control how you play. And Michigan the last three weeks has looked apart and then some. Uh, struggled to get margin a little bit early in the season, but, I mean, we're still beating teams 35-7. to 7. So, I mean, I know it wasn't margin to cover uh, huge point spreads, but now they're covering point spreads against Big Ten competition. And to me, the light bulb for me, because I watch a lot of film, I watch 30 games a week, or to at least try to watch the game-by-game replays. Uh, I don't. There's just something that clicked in me watching that Nebraska game, because to me it looked very similar to what the Georges and the Alabamas have looked like the last 10, 15 years in college football. Just absolutely everybody in the building knew that Michigan was going to run the football, and they still smashed Nebraska's defensive front, a pretty good, good Nebraska defensive front. And then what's Michigan done the last two weeks? Very similar. Uh, we'll see when they play a, a better opponent. We're not going to see it for a few weeks down the road until they travel to, to Penn State. But I, there's just not a lot of weaknesses. I mean, sure, you could say I'd like to see more of an elite wide receiver. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit better second cornerback for them. But, I mean, that's really nitpicking. They're a complete team. They're experienced. I think what makes this year's team a little bit different is is some of the experience. Got J.J. McCarthy, his third year uh, in the program. I think you have a little bit more of a chip on the shoulder with Harbaugh. And I think most importantly, the defensive front for Michigan, and I actually watched their spring game and it, it popped immediately then, looks like an Alabama or a Georgia or a Clemson when they won mm-hmm. their couple titles. That's the, what it looks like as far as a defensive front. And that's kind of the main separator in college football the last 15 years. Guys, you know, on that defensive front, not everybody can recruit like that. Not everybody can have multiple 300-pounders in the middle. And Michigan has not only the big guys in the middle, but also elite pass rushers. That's what makes the Wolverines number one in my power ranks. I, I've only had – I've been doing this a decade. I've only had five programs number one in my power ranks until Michigan. Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, the, 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 down a missing one. Oh, Georgia, the repeat champ. Those five teams, Michigan becomes the sixth. Uh, and, and by some margin now, I'd favor them by a couple points over Georgia at this point. Mm. Air Force, Navy, it's a low total, 37 and a half. Do we still bet the under? Well, I mean, it's been one of the most profitable systems in, in college football the last 15 years is betting these service academy games under. I mean, we're talking close to like 80% win percentage. I would always say, Bet it early in the week as possible because everybody just starts piling on. 
I will say this here, though. I am not taking part of it uh, because all the service academies are throwing more because of the new rules as far as the cut blocking and whatnot. Air Force, a lot of their games have gone over. They had a low total last week. The market bet that Wyoming game under and flew over the total. So I I could I could see why anybody wants to just bet the under in these games because of past history. I'm a little cautious just because what I what I've seen from the service academies this year. He's Brad Powers. Make sure to check out his site, bradpowersports.com, here on BetQL Daily. Pac-12 championship market. Currently, the Huskies, as you would expect, the favorite at plus 140. Oregon in second position at plus 250. Then you have USC at plus 350. Any of those three stand out to you, or do you want to look further down the board with, say, an Oregon State or maybe even a Utah? Oh, wow. Yeah, Oregon State would be the team I, I would kind of look down down the road a little bit. They're on a bye this week. Um, they're at Arizona, which is a, a team, obviously, that, that's looked apart the last three weeks. But at Colorado, Stanford, you get Washington at home. It could come down to that Civil War game uh, against Oregon. Um, the, the, the team that I think can win it would be the team that just lost, believe it or not. Oregon, to me, uh, impressed me, even though they ended up losing by three against Washington. Uh, they get USC at home. They get Oregon State at home. I don't think Utah has enough firepower offensively to beat them in a couple weeks here. So uh, Oregon for me, I actually think the Ducks turn around, win outright, uh, win down the stretch, beat Washington in a rematch. So they would be my pick to win the Pac-12 at this point. Good stuff. Good stuff. Brad Powers, make sure to follow him on X at Brad Power 7. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks, Brad. Absolutely. So, a lot of the, uh, certain markets, I mean, certainly the, the high-profile picks make a whole lot of sense to me, Joe. But uh, what's something else that stands out as far as some of the futures that we talked about here? Man, he's big on Michigan. He's big on Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's So them being now a co-favorite, no surprise to him. Uh, we saw this day coming. And I, I think that's the fascinating thing now. In the last year of this four-team playoff, Is it going to be Georgia and Michigan? Right now, the odds are saying they're both going to be in the playoff. And then figuring everything else out. We we said yesterday that there should be a Pac-12 team involved. Is there going to be a team that has the resume, that has that resume where they need to get in? Whether whether it's Oregon, Washington, whatever, uh, which one is it? it? I think we're going to have a Big 12 team in. I think, right? I mean, Oklahoma was number Depends one on, on, Kelly, on Kelly Ford's ratings. He had Oklahoma number one, which surprised me. If it isn't Oklahoma or Texas, I don't think the Big 12 is represented. And the Pac-12 is kind of in the similar boat, right? Like, if USC wins the Pac-12, I'm not positive they get in. Oregon State, Utah, I think they're kind of in similar situations where they probably – they probably won't get in if they win the conference. And so it depends on who they are. It's not just a blanket uh, ticket for a conference. So that's what makes this thing interesting. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, former Major League Baseball catcher A.J. Pierzynski joins us to talk about the baseball postseason. That's right here on the BetQL Network.